I have I had this thought of priorities this week, of just what are we prioritizing? Just the, the word priorities. I want to just make it singular, priority, not priorities, because when we have more than one priorities, something else will suffer. I know I have a weird way of looking at life, but I did some research in this. The word priority was used just singularly until around the 1920s. And then the 1920s, it became plural, priorities. And it's really hard to juggle. It's really hard to spin plates. It's really hard to have many different priorities. Amen? And the word multitasking didn't even enter into our lexicon until the early 20th century as well. We are meant for one thing, and that is to worship God. That is our priority. So I've been really thinking about our priority of of worshiping God, of loving God, of coming into His presence humbly, coming into His presence with nothing in our hands and nothing in our minds. If we want to be full of God, we must first be empty. Amen? If we want to receive what God has in our hands, our hands must not be clinging to something. Some of you are already ahead of me. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Rock of ages, something, something, something. (laughs) A song we sang in my youth. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. So Tanya and I broke off just a little bit and and went around uh, the Point Loma campus and sat and just kind of took in the, the ocean air. And there was a family, and there was a little boy, and he was on a limb, a tree limb, and he was going, Emmett! 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 And I was like, we get it, kid. You're looking for Emmett? Emmett! Emmett! And it just went on and on and on. And he was doing something. He was swinging. He was balancing. He was wanting somebody to notice him. And it occurred to me that's the way we live our lives. We want someone to notice us. And so we cry out. We, some of us, act out. We're looking to be noticed. Emmett! 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 I almost turned around and said, Yo, Emmett! You might want to look at your little brother. Finally, Emmett did. And the little brother did his little dance and little swing and off the limb. And the little dude was so satisfied. He was so happy that he was noticed and encouraged. And then there was a little brotherly embrace. It was just so beautiful. He was finally recognized and he was finally loved. We all want to be recognized. We, we all want someone to notice what we're doing. This morning, the good news is God knows you. He knows your name. He sees what you're doing. And he has come to embrace and love. You are loved. You are seen. God. 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 Yes, brother. Yes, my dear sister. I'm with you. Always. Hallelujah. 
And so priority, our priority is what Jesus said and what Jesus did. The voices and the noise are so loud currently that we need the Savior's voice to break through, to pierce this darkness, to bring the divide together. We need that embrace this morning. So this morning we are looking into the Beatitudes. These are blessings that Jesus preached in the Sermon on the Mount. This is how he began the greatest sermon ever preached, the Beatitudes. These are blessings. And these blessings have some benefits. And we will look at the benefits of comfort and the kingdom of God. And so these are eight blessings that Jesus is preaching over us, that that Jesus is speaking over us. These are things that we, when we are with Jesus, when we are being with Jesus, set us free. And we prioritize the things that really matter. Last thing before we enter into the word. Some of you know, and obviously I talk about it all the time, of uh, my love of the 80s and growing up in the 80s. Not to diminish any other decades, but I love the 80s. But growing up in the 80s and growing up in the church, it was really easy to be identified as a follower of Jesus by what we didn't do. So people within the church were identified by what we didn't do. Are you with me? Meaning this, and some of you under 40, your minds are going to be blown right now. Okay? You are just going to be, what decade was that? That is the most, so, this, and this is just our, my local church, how I grew up. We were not allowed to go to movies. And so we were identified as followers of Jesus because we didn't go to movies. We also did not go to dances. We were not allowed to dance. So if you invite me to a party and you, you break out your prom pictures, I don't have any. All right? It was a great excuse because I wasn't inviting a girl anyways. I was just a very insecure young man. I would have never invited a girl to prom. So I had a great excuse. I can't go to prom because my church doesn't believe in dancing. We also couldn't swim together, boys and girls. That was called mixed bathing. I was confused by that because I never took a bar of soap to the swimming pool. (laughs) So we were known for that. We could not drink alcohol. We could not play cards. We could not spend money on Sunday. I could go on and on and on and on. So we were identified by what we didn't do. We weren't identified by Jesus, by whom we serve. We weren't identified from his presence and his radical love and his radical mercy and grace. We weren't identified with the ways of Jesus. We are identified by the things we did not do. The Beatitudes are our identity in Jesus, in being in the presence of God. So as we begin to prioritize... This will set us free this morning. This will will allow us to stand on the foundational truths of the red letters of Jesus. 
So take with me and turn to Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse 1, as we read God's Word this morning. For those of you visiting this morning, thank you for choosing to attend Hope Point. We're just blessed that you're here. We read from the New Living Translation, and it will be on the screen uh, for you this morning. We are going to go verse by verse this morning, as time allows. We will be looking at uh, verses 1 through 12 and looking at each beatitude and how it can really impact our lives and um, fill our thoughts this morning. Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside, sat down, his disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them, beginning the greatest sermon, the greatest teaching ever in history. And through some Bibles, it is recorded in red letters. So these are the red letters of Jesus, and we will be continuing through the red letters of Jesus uh, for the next uh, few weeks and going through the Sermon on the Mount. Verse 3, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for Him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. So the poor is not an economical term. This is not someone who is financially poor. This is also not someone that's like, oh, poor, poor Andy. This is not someone that is on the margins or, or a, um, a left out person. What this is indicating is a dependence on God. Being poor in spirit. This is Jesus talking to those that have a heart of humility and a recognition of God. Self-reliance robs us of God's gifts. So we are poor in spirit. And the final part of this is for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. There is no one in the kingdom of heaven that is not poor in spirit, that is dependent upon Jesus. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. This is a core characteristic of the Christian life. We cannot be filled until we are first emptied. We cannot be made worthy until we recognize our unworthiness. And we cannot live until we admit that we are dead. We come simply poor in spirit and humble. Verse 4, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. If this morning you have a hurt or a habit or a sin that is in your life, that you are continuing to deal with until you cry out, until you mourn over that sin, it will haunt you. It will control you. That one thing that you keep from God is the one thing the enemy will use against you. So until that sin, that habit, that hurt 
is mourned over, is cried over, is given over to God. That is the one thing that will continue to destroy you. You can tell tell a lot about a person how they deal with sin. Some people are casual about it. It's no big deal. Really? It's no big deal. Come on, this is 2018. It's, it's not that big a deal. You can tell a lot about a person on how they handle that sin. They're casual about it. Some even rationalize it. Well, yeah, you know, if, if you only knew what was... I had to do it because, well, at least I'm not as bad as my neighbor. I mean, you know, it's not that... So they rationalize. They make excuses. If you're looking for an excuse... You'll find it. But if you're not looking for an excuse, you won't. So you can tell a lot about a person, how they deal with a hurt or a a habit or a sin. Is it casual? Do they rationalize it? Or do they mourn and repent and cry out to God for the restoration, for the redemption, for the renewal? We must mourn over our sin. We must not be casual about the things that God sent His Son Jesus to rescue. Now, the satisfaction or the happiness doesn't come in that crying or that that mourning. The happiness comes in what God does in response to it. That's where the happiness comes in His response to our humility and our crying and our mourning and our dependence. That's where that healing and that satisfaction comes. God blesses those who mourn for they will be, circle it, comforted. But if you rationalize it, if you make excuses for it, if you think it's no big deal, the comfort will not come. We need to mourn and cry out and submit ourselves to the great comforter. Verse 5, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Some translations say God blesses those who are meek. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Now, being humble doesn't imply weakness. Meekness doesn't imply weakness. It's like a wild stallion that's brought under control of its master. This stallion once fought against any attempt to be brought under control resisting with all of its strength. But now this young stallion yields to its master. The stallion has not lost any of its strength or endurance. It has simply turned these over to the control of the master. Humility requires submitting to God, submitting our will to God. It means we don't have to defend our rights any longer. 
because we allow God to defend them for us. Meekness does not imply weakness. Humility does not imply weakness. Blessed are those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Everything you need will be provided when we come in meekness and in humbleness. I'm reading a book entitled, forgot the title. It's called The One Thing. And I took a little excerpt from the book and it it says this. Imagine life is a game in which you are juggling five balls. Imagine life is a game that you're juggling five balls. The balls are called work, family, health, friends, and integrity. So you're juggling five balls. Work, family, health, friends, and integrities. And you're keeping them all up in the air. I remember we're talking about priority this morning, amen? And you're keeping them all up in the air. But one day, you finally come to understand that work is a rubber ball. If you drop it, it will bounce back. The other four balls, family, health, friends, and integrity, are made of glass. If you drop one of these, it will forever be scuffed, nicked, damaged, and perhaps even shattered. Priorities. This morning, we come humbly presenting our will our strength, our health, our family, our friends, everything about us that we're flipping up in the air, we give them to the Creator, to the Master, and then we will inherit the whole earth. We will have everything we need. Verse 6, God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice For they will be satisfied. I circled that word, satisfied. For those who hunger and thirst for justice, they will be satisfied. Hunger and thirst are the way the body tells us that we are empty. So we seek food and water to satisfy us. I believe we all have an inner longing, though, that only Jesus can satisfy. We talked about it last week, the God-shaped whole. We cannot be filled with righteousness if we are filled with self. Pursuing righteousness means that we value the opinion of God over the opinions of others. Many of us treasure the opinion of others so much to satisfy our longings, the likes that we receive on Facebook. We value those opinions so much to satisfy. Emmett, 
Emmet. Emmet. We, we look for others and their approval so much. If you were asleep during the Emmet illustration, I apologize. We value the opinions of others so much more than we value the opinion of God. When we seek after righteousness, when we seek after His ways, God blesses us and we are satisfied. What a great feeling to be satisfied when we pursue his righteousness and his justice. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. Verse 7, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So God's mercy to us is the motivation to show mercy to others. When we withhold that mercy, we are illustrating or showing that we are not embracing the mercy that God has given us. The Greek word for mercy means to get inside someone else's skin. I really believe if we knew what a brother or sister was going through, if we really could look into their heart or we could really look into their mind, if we could really get in their skin, if we could really walk in their shoes, we would treat each other so much differently. Yes, instead of jumping to conclusions and, and believing gossip and believing rumors. You know what I heard about? If we really got into their skin, if we really embraced the mercy that God has given us through Jesus, I think we treat each other so much better. It is so much better His way. To be merciful, we need to totally identify with what people are doing and seeing and thinking and embracing and walking through. God blesses those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy. How are we doing? We're halfway through. I see some heavy eyelids. I know I'm not so inspiring this morning. This is more of a teaching, more of a, a lesson of what, what God uh, through Jesus is teaching. Are we doing okay? We're halfway through. Emmet! <laughs> Verse 8, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. I want to see God. I want to see His glory. There's no other desire in my heart but to see the glory of God. I want to step into that cloud and step into His presence. But our hearts must be pure. A pure heart is having integrity. A pure heart is having a singleness of devotion, priority. Having a pure heart is loyal, being loyal and an undivided loyalty. A pure heart doesn't come from perfection, but it comes from receiving God's grace. When you focus your mind and your heart on Jesus, then you will see Him. A pure heart. 
A heart is a battleground. What we choose to bring into our life affects us. The television shows, the Netflix movies or whatever is on Netflix, the music we listen to, the conversations we have, what we allow into our hearts. Our hearts are a battleground and they must remain pure, single, singly devoted to God. I'm amazed at how quickly we cuss now. I don't know if it's just me, but just the F word. I didn't grow up under a rock either. I, I didn't always grow up Christian. It's not that I just hang out at the church all day. So this is like, well, the pastor, he doesn't know. He doesn't even hang out with people that don't know. I, 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 that's not true. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm out um, amongst people every single day. And I'm just amazed at how quickly we're just like, the, the, the cursing is just not, it used to be when you're angry, you cursed. But now it's just like uh, descriptive. It's just like, I don't have anything else to say. So I'm just going to use one of those words. So it's even kind of, I'm not sure. Well, I won't even say it because I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah, I don't want to say that. Jarvis said it. But... Our hearts can be a battleground. And so what tells me is that's what you're around. Other people that talk that way or the music you listen to. Or, now I'm, I'm talking about a preacher from the 80s. The music you listen to in the movies. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but, but it is true. I mean, what you surround yourself, what you allow into your heart can taint your heart. The, 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 it contaminates your heart. God blesses those whose hearts are pure. For they will see God. Do you want to see God? Do you want to see His glory? Then guard what goes into your heart. Verse 9, God blesses those who work for peace. For they will be called the children of God. The world should know that they can count on the followers of Jesus to bring peace. Not division. The world should know. They can count on us. Those of us who claim Christ. We we follow Christ. The world should know. They can count on us to bring peace. Not division. On Facebook. Peace equals the presence of God. The presence of God equals peace. Are you with me? Do you, have you experienced it? When you're in the presence of God, there's peace. There's no two sides. There aren't the, the picket signs. There aren't the disparaging comments on Facebook. There's peace. And the church needs to lead in this category of peace. If we are following Jesus, our lives will influence those that are around us. And the environment in which we live should be more peaceful because of the presence of Jesus. Have you ever had someone pause and just say, you know what, before we go any longer, let's just pray? Has that ever happened? If it hasn't, make it happen. I just feel, not, not currently, but sometimes you're just, I just feel like we just need to pray right now. 
Some of you have invited me over to your home to, to pray over the space. If you bought a new home, you want to dedicate it to God. If you haven't done it, get my cell phone. I'd love to come over to your home, even if you've lived in it for 50 years. There's no magic in me. But I think we can dedicate and prepare and stop and say, this, this, is, this is your home, God. Use it for your kingdom and for your purpose. We do that every Saturday. Have I talked to you about the prayer night? Every Saturday night from 6 to 7, we, we pray over this space. Dedicated for peace. If you lean more to stirring up division, you're not allowing the peace of Jesus to reign. You are trying to mold God in your image. When God starts to hate the same people you hate, it's time to submit your heart and your mind to Him. Bring peace where there's division. And Jesus said, it will be obvious who we belong to. Last few verses, and everyone says, amen. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great, underline it, for a great, circle it, a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Now, Jesus was not speaking of someone who was looked down upon because they listened to Caleb. Jesus was not speaking about someone who's looked down upon because they have a a, a tattoo of a cross or they wear a Christian t-shirt. He was hitting at the core of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Those who are sold out completely to living this life will have the scent, the aroma of God upon them. For this reason, true followers of Jesus will be rejected. However, believers who allow the corruption of the world to filter into their lives eventually become a weak testimony. They're not making a loud enough statement against the systems of the world to merit being silenced. The world has no need to harass those who have strayed away from God's word. They have already rendered themselves ineffective witnesses. The scent, the aroma of God can offend. The scent and aroma of God on someone's heart and someone's life. The the enemy will do whatever they can to lie and steal and to rob and to tear down because this scent has the power to usher in the kingdom of God. And so if you're not experiencing this, maybe it's time to completely sell out. 
The only illustration I can use for this, and it might not connect, but I'm going to use it anyway. It's the only illustration I can think of. Is my coaches, when I was playing sports, rarely got on my back. They rarely yelled at me. But they would yell at the other guys. And so I asked them one day after my senior year, I said, why don't you ever get on my back? Well, you're not really sold out. I can tell by the way you play, this is not that important to you. But the guys that I see have the ability, or not the ability, but the desire, I'm going to be on their back practice after practice after practice because they are sold out for this high school. They're sold out for this college. They're sold out for this program. I can see that you wear it. You have that scent upon you. And so I am going to be on them. Made me feel really good. (laughs) The coaches didn't see it in me. I was ineffective because it wasn't about them. It was about me. I was ineffective. And so they were like, I'm just going to segment him and go for the guys that are really in it. I read that this way. The enemy's going for the people that have the scent and the aroma. Those that don't, they're already ineffective. And so the enemy doesn't have to worry about them because they don't have that spirit within them. They're not submitted to the king. And the word and the way. So the enemy has no. <laughs> I'm going after the ones that have the voice, that are not afraid of the gospel, that are not ashamed of the gospel. They have that scent, they have that aroma. Be happy about it, be glad about it for a great. Reward is promised to you. Hallelujah. Can I get a witness? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Stand with me as we end this morning with a word of prayer. As these eight blessings have been read over us, now what? What will you do with this word? Will you leave and say, eh, last sermon was better, last week was better? Or will you open up your heart and submit to the king and wear that scent, embrace that aroma that for the world smells like death? To those of us who know Jesus, it's eternal life. It's the abundant life. So as we pray, we open our minds and we open our hearts for whatever God is speaking and whatever God is stirring. If this is your first time with us at Hope Point. Yeah, John, go ahead and, and thank you. Just play over us. This is your first time at Hope Point. We we do have a, a, a prayer space and an altar. It's just a place of of humility. It's just a place of focus. It's a, a place to humble ourselves. But we don't want to waste time. 
We want this to be an opportunity for you to be introduced to the ways of Jesus. So as we pray, if you want to come and, 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 and kneel and pray, we have pastors and leaders and prayer team members that would love to pray for you and they're, they're just around the space. But let's just sing just a, just a little bit and let's just listen as God stirs and speaks.